the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Hope you're going to have a great Saturday out here. Matter of fact, if you haven't been out yet, this Saturday is the March Air Force Air Show. So I want to welcome you all out here who are, who are at the air show or on your way to the air show. Come see the Thunderbirds. It's going to be an awesome time. But here in the studio, in the studio, for your listening pleasure, edification, Mostly for my entertainment. I have. Hey, I, I resemble that, you know. You do resemble that remark. <laughs> I have Jeff Tavener. Jeff Tavener is the, um, the official, well, I don't want to call you the official auctioneer, but you're the. Uh, Owner, operator, chief dishwasher, you name it. But, yeah, uh, of gunslingerauctions.com. Gunslinger Auctions is in Glendora, right there on Grand Avenue in the lovely city of, uh, uh, well, you're in Baja, Glendora, 91740. 91740. Yeah, exactly. So those of you who live out there understand what I'm talking about. But Gunslinger Auctions, great little store. But the amazing thing that he has is the ability to get involved with large estates. You, know, you thought I was going to take that a whole different direction. I saw you were you're already bracing for it. I was leaving. What are you talking about? You, folks, you should have heard the pre-show. We had much more fun. But uh, what Jeff is, has a trained auctioneer, and twice, three times a year, he has auctions yeah. over in, uh, in Covina at yeah. the Radisson? Radisson? Yeah, the Park Inn by Radisson. But not the Park by Radisson, the Park Inn by Radisson. I've had that phone call. Okay, the Park Inn by Radisson, right off of Holt and the 10 Freeway right. in, in the city of Covina. And they do auctions, and they usually get some nice collections. But this particular month, I believe it's May 1st. May 1st. 1 o'clock? No, we're actually changing it. We're going to open the doors at 11 for inspection so people can come in and look, and we're going to start at 2. That gives people three hours to go through stuff. Is May 1st a Sunday? Yeah. So you can go to church and hit the auction. Absolutely. It's a wonderful day. So Pray you get something, you know. <laughs> and you can. And now, have you explained how to win at an auction yet? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you just got to be the high bidder. That's so so it. you just keep your hand up and you win. Absolutely. Keep that hand up no matter what. <laughs> well, here's here's why I'm bringing this up today is uh, Jeff has has the ability now to do an auction for an amazing estate that just was here in Southern California of a personal collection of a gentleman who lived in the Riverside County area. And this collection was vast beyond belief. Yeah. Yeah. 800 plus guns. All right. 800 plus guns. And this is a collection. This is not an armory. 
This is not a, uh, no. a um, somebody who's who's planning on the government falling apart. Yeah, this was no. a gentleman's passion, his collection. It's what he did with his life. Yeah, no arsenal, no government takeover. Right. This is. I don't think there is. He even owned a gun post nineteen fifty. He was a collector. Yeah, absolutely. well, he did. He had a couple of Belgian. 65 over Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Those evil over and under shotguns. Well, those are semi-automatic. <laughs> With a pistol grip. <laughs> so this gentleman, um, we won't mention his name, but he collected Winchesters as a passion. He Actually, Marlin was a much bigger passion for him, but he loved Winchesters too. And The lever actions, the cowboy yeah, guns. Absolutely. Yeah, we've got... Between Colts and Winchesters and a few other really interesting lever guns in this auction, we've got over 400 guns that we'll be selling, including guns you've probably never even heard of, like uh, Evans lever actions, very unusual firearms, really neat stuff. So we're going to talk about, actually, we're going to get into the history of Winchester and and, uh, kind of the story behind what happened uh, in our next couple of sessions. but. Give us a little bit of your background, Jeff, because you are one of the more interesting guys <laughs> in the firearms industry. I'm the most interesting man nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> I've had every kind of... Hey, every, he's, a, he's a legend in his own life. Hey, I've had more jobs than a Jamaican, you know? <laughs> Let's see. Well, I used to work for In-N-Out. I worked for In-N-Out. Then I became a roofing company. I went from a roofing company to... Uh, a uh, full-time musician. I toured all over the country in a band called The Trip, The Ultimate 60s Experience, where we played everything from the animals to the zombies in the 1960s. A to Z. A to Z. There you go. And uh, I was the Doors, Credence, Animals guy, because we did vocal impersonations, you know, because you could tell I'm so good with Rodney. <laughs> and uh, Well, Eric Burton, you just got to growl. You're, you're good with that. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, I'm good at growling. Just ask any of my employees. And I went from there to, uh, you know, when I was in the band all those years, you get paid a lot of cash and cash in my pocket's never a good thing. So I was always looking for something to invest in. A friend of mine told me during the Great Depression, only two things didn't go down in value, the sex trade and firearms. Well, you know, not getting into the one because I just think it's hard to inventory. Yeah. <laughs> good point. And number two, I just thought, you know what? Okay. So I, I went out and I bought a gun. And then I ended up with about 300 and I thought, you know, maybe it's time to open a gun store. So I opened a gun store in uh, July of 1998 and we've been going at it ever since. And was the original store at? No, where I'm at now is, was another gun store that went out of business, but his location was just a 10,000 times better than mine. And it was only a mile away. He went out of business and we moved over. I'd been in the one location for I think 13 years when we moved and honestly every day somebody come in and say hmm never knew you were here how long you been here 13 years oh I just live around the corner (laughs) time to get a sign right you know you can't put a girl in a bikini with a sign that says guns and just they look down at that city ordinance kind of it's Glendora (laughs) so then you got into the gun store got into the gun store I've, I've had Two gun stores. I had one in Orange County for a while and the one in Glendora. And that was Walker? No, Walker 47 is a friend of mine. No, mine was Gunslingers of, in Orange County. It just uh, seemed like whichever store I was at, the other one wouldn't do anything. So I was working twice as hard and making half the money. Yeah. So, you know, being the brainiac that I am, I decided to go ahead and get rid of the one and just stay in the other. And I decided to stay in Glendora. Now, and I'm glad you did. It's a great location. Uh, great um, city. 
Yeah, absolutely. We like to tease them sometimes, but they are a great city. Actually, you have a very nice mayor there. Yeah, very Republican town. She was very, very active in trying to stop the monument um, when Obama took over the Angeles National Forest Mm. last year. She was very active in that, so hats off to her. Anyway, um, you're also an auctioneer, and and your SAS shooting is what I wanted you to get into. SAS, Single Action Shooting Society. Yeah, I've been doing that. Uh, I started actually doing that just before I opened the gun store because I originally wanted my store to be SAS products only. And, you know, face it. S-A-S-S. Yeah, Single Action Shooting Society. It just doesn't pay. It didn't pay the bills. So, you know, we immediately hung a left and decided to just be a total gun store. So what is SAS exactly? Well, it's the best fun you'll have with your cowboy clothes on. Uh, there's an old story that says, uh, you come for the shooting, but you stay for the people. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of sayings in SAS. I'll get into those later if you want. But uh, it's basically a combat shooting style match. But instead of using, you know, 1911s or Glocks or race guns, you're using single action uh, revolvers, a lever action uh, rifle in a pistol caliber, no 3030s, and a shotgun of the period, you know, 1898 and earlier. Right, and so so what you're able to do is uh, a lot of the targets are balloons, a lot of targets are steel plates, stars. The balloons are mostly for mounted shooting. That's kind of a whole different. Well, they made me ride a mountain bike when I did that. <laughs> They're just making fun of me. Uh, yes, I hate when that happens. Um, but you have different different reactive targets. What I was trying to say. Sure, so you've got not just the cardboard silhouettes like you might see. Actually, in a, none. It's all steel. That's yeah. why you have to shoot lead bullets only. No steel. Uh, I'm sorry, only steel targets. So you know the, the lead splatters out, doesn't come back at you and leave big dings in the targets. And it can be anything from a knockdown target shoot that will shoot up a clay pigeon to just standard steel targets. Uh, SAS has kind of moved into speed. You're getting guys that are shooting 10 rounds out of two pistols, 10 rounds out of a rifle, and four shotgun shells in 12 seconds with movement. That's moving. Uh, it's unbelievable. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you were... you were. Um, I, I used to be a top dog, and now I'm just an old geezer. You were, yeah. you were, world, you were second place in the world three, three times. times. <laughs> second place in the world three times, so that's like sixth place. Uh, if you add them up, yeah. I okay. was, I was the, the, the biggest loser three times, I think in a row, actually. <laughs> you know, silver's a good color. Yeah, yeah. Just look at my hair. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, I wanted to give somebody a, a background that you know a lot about firearms and your history is really in the wild west style stuff this is kind of a passion of yours absolutely and and uh you don't just sell it and talk it but you actually can shoot it yeah i live it you know i live in norco horsetown usa we ha- i live on a ranch we do have horses and so on and so forth and yeah i can i can handle pretty much any kind of cowboy questions you throw yeah. at me folks he does smell like an old horse blanket just in case so he is very authentic hey i resemble that remark <laughs> Anyway, folks, we're going to talk about uh, this auction that you have coming up and just some of the amazing guns and the history behind them and how Oliver F. Winchester even got in the business. Mm. And what was his his prior? He was a haberdasher, a shirt maker. We're going to tell you what a haberdasher is when we come back here. Yeah, well, they weren't listening to you. (laughs) Never do. What are you, kids? You my kids? Hey. Hey, folks. Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out on our Facebook page, Firing Line Radio Show, or online at firinglineradio.com. Now, if you go and subscribe to the podcast online, all right, mm. I've just got a big box in of cutting-edge 
PhD bullets, the most awesome self-defense bullet you're ever going to see. Cutting edge PhD and 9mm and 45s. We've been giving those out. You just got to be a subscriber and let us know you like it on Facebook. So Firing Line Radio Show, we'll be right back after this. Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside offers you the best selection of firearms, ammo, tactical supplies, and reloading accessories at the best prices every day. And now, Bullseye Sport has the TI Outdoor System, the ultimate shooting experience, with the world's best theater-style interactive weapon simulation and training, including the gunfighter, training lab, competition, and hunting, along with fun extras like zombies and cowboy shoots. Come to Bullseye Sport and test your skills today. Find Bullseye Sport on Facebook and Instagram, or check out their website, bullseyesport.com, for weekly specials. Sign up for their newsletter or exclusive offers and discounts. Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo on Brockton between Arlington and Central in Riverside. 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport, where the Inland Empire gets its guns and ammo. 951-823-0211. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. That's right, folks. Welcome back to Boomstick Radio, Philip Naiman Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at firinglineradio.com. And as you know, because you all are very special listeners every week, staying tuned or on the podcasts. You know that each week on Firing Line Radio Show, the conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights, Winchesters, and all the rights afforded to Americans under the Second Amendment to the Constitution. Our faithful companion in the battle to uphold these rights has been our longtime sponsor, Vince Torres of Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. Vince and his team of experts are second to none in their knowledge and passion for all that the Firing Line Radio stands for. If you're not armed for protection or recreation, then Bullseye Sport in Riverside is where you need to go for small arms, rifles, shotguns, ammo, accessories, and much more. Bullseye Sport stocks all the name brands like Beretta, Ruger, Glock, Winchester, and many more. If they don't have it, they'll get it. They welcome all levels of shooting enthusiasts, especially ladies, considering a firearm for the first time. Bullseye Sport is the best selection and prices every day. When you stop in, tell them you heard about it from Philip Naiman on AM590. Radio Firing Line Radio Show, and it's uh, 951-823-0211. Say hi to Vince. We do appreciate his sponsorship out there. That that makes this show possible, so we can continue to give you good information and entertainment. And uh, ha- and at least we're having a good time. I uh, hopefully you are. Uh, yeah, sure. Jeff, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I've been better, folks. To my right, your left. If you're playing along at home, I have Jeff Taverner. Jeff is the uh, the owner occupier yeah <laughs> there's a word start with the p i keep thinking of here proprietor but thank you you bet the proprietor of the gunslinger auctions. when you're looking to me for wordage you're in trouble <laughs> dude i'm always in trouble so you know big deal my words are almost always four letters and you know, well, anyway you know work <laughs> well it's uh, according to joe biden you know it's that uh, three-letter word j-o-b-s anyway that's so he can count, too. So we're, we're in really <laughs> hey, good company. Leave there. Joey plugs out of this, will you? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Folks, um, Jeff is the proprietor of Gunslinger Auctions, Gunslinger Gun Shop in Glendora. And he does some very specialized auctions three times a year. One is coming up on May 1st at the Park Inn at Radisson. Parking by Radisson yeah. in Covina in by Covina. the freeway on Holt. Or just go to gunslingerauctions.com. Gunslinger Auctions. Singular. Yeah auctions.com 
Okay, gunslingerauctions.com. You can look at the full catalog there ahead mm-hmm. of time, see what's going to be listed, yep. uh, get an idea. Well, early internet bidding doesn't really tell you what it's going to go for. It's a little comical, yeah. Yeah. When, when we put an estimated value of ten to 15000 and it's bid up to $25, Probably not going to get it. Yeah, put put in a high order seventy five, and just <laughs> yeah. to make sure you have some room to play. There are people that fight like that. It just kills me, you know. Oh, hundred thousand dollar gun, and they're bet, you know, oh five fifty. Oh yeah, five sixty. Oh yeah, five seventy. It gives them something to do. It keeps them off the streets and out of the playgrounds. So. Yeah, yeah, okay. So anyway, so let's talk about some of the auctions. This is from a private collection that was here in Riverside County. Yeah. And we have some different firearms that you brought in. But start with the, the general history of the companies themselves, or from the first thing you're going to show. Well, okay. Uh, Smith & Wesson, who, you know, obviously everybody that has ever heard of a gun knows who Smith & Wesson were. You know, two people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, they, they started a company called Volcanic. They came out with a lever-action Revolver. I'm sorry, not a revolver. That's Colt. They came out with a lever action uh, pistol. They pumped it around for a while. They ended up selling out to a guy named Oliver Winchester, who was a haberdasher, which, as we you know all know who listened to me last time, is a shirt maker. He invested some money, but didn't really believe in it. And this gun was turned over to a guy named Benjamin Tyler Henry. He morphed this gun into a rifle. Uh, that became the 1860 Henry because, again, Winchester didn't really believe in it. Now, they can't see what you have in your hand here. So <laughs> That's give a good a, thing. Give a little bit of... Ex- <laughs> you see what I have to put up with here, folks? <laughs> it's to a bring, gun. Well, to bring you this information and this uh, entertainment, you see what I have to put up with? <laughs> anyway, give them a description of what's in your hand here. This is an 1850s uh, volcanic lever-action pistol. Brass frame, if you ever saw an 1860 Henry... Uh, shrink that down into a pistol, and that's it. As we take a picture of it, there we so go. it literally it's got the yellow boy brass sides. Mm-hmm. And why was it made out of brass originally? Well, they didn't really have steel back then; they were mostly using iron frames. So, and iron wasn't strong enough. Well, it was just kind of hard to work with, hard to work and, with. And, and brass was a little softer. And you got to remember that. I mean, look at the size of the ejecting port here. It was a small bullet. So, because if you know anything about the old West, most people that got shot didn't die directly from the bullet. They died of lead poisoning. Sepsis, yeah. Yeah. Now, the loading on this, on the barrel, it's got an octagon barrel, Mm -hmm. but the last two inches or so, which is really unique. Yeah, they pivot. It's got a a loading lever underneath and an open slotted magazine. So it's a tubular magazine. Right. And you push that lever all the way up, turn the lever to the, like I said, it'd be your right. And load it to, down into the tube. So actually, the last two inches on this barrel turn 90 degrees, mm-hmm. which exposes the loading tube. Yeah, you want me to show you? Oh, Yeah, I'll get a picture of you. So, <laughs> I was talking to the microphone, sorry. Yeah, t- so this thing will actually turn over into a loading tube. Tilt it towards me more. Okay, folks, you see that? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but this, um, this is a very unique thing because the barrel's got to be lined back up or you're going to have some major issues. Yeah, and, and one of the issues with the gun is when you line it back up, the follower wants to shoot because it's it's spring-loaded. It wants to shoot back towards the bullets. And when it does, it's it's a rimfire. It is a rimfire, and they could explode. Now, it, you know, if you know anything about bullets, it doesn't shoot. It just explodes out sideways. And because it it's shoot. not in a barrel. Right. So the bullet doesn't leave, but the copper or jacket, I'm sorry, the uh, brass make- will explode. It's going to make a mess. Yeah, and ruin your gun and probably parts of you. 
Yeah, it hurt your hand. So anyway, it's a really unique design. Again, it's a lever action. If you had, in modern parlance, if you know what a Thompson Center Contender looks like, you've got a lever that comes underneath the frame, just very similar to that. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Well, as close as you can get from an 1850s model. Yeah. yeah. But it's just really unique, and and you can see the beginnings of what became the 1866 lever action rifle. Yeah, it's the same toggle-type action on the inside. Uh, The... So how did they come up with the 1866? Well, they didn't come up with the 1866 first. They came out with the 1860, which what they did is they took this gun and they morphed it into a rifle. The 1860 Henry, which he's just picked up and is is coming back with, uh, basically the same gun uh, with a little uh, – <laughs> can you hear me growing? It's a little heavier. Uh, same kind of loading situation with the uh, the – tubular mag that uh, with the slot in it that collected dust which we'll get into in a minute and uh, still the same kind of toggle switching on the inside and what calibers uh, these were in 44 henry or 44 flat or 44 rimfire it's all the same about yay big that big around wasn't a real high-end uh, type around and uh, if you ever saw dances with wolves when uh costner shoots that buffalo at about 200 yards with one of these yeah that buffalo would have turned and goes dude really <laughs> <laughs> you know buffalo would have hit the spot with his tail yeah, right it's a damn flies yeah so not a lot of power but but a lot of firepower close up yeah and then during the civil war when you got guys shooting muskets you know one every 30 seconds or even or so, breech loading yeah and, and you've got this guy shooting 18 rounds in under a minute you cannot compare so even if they were underpowered you still cannot compare because again well it's a 44 caliber bullet so it's probably got a decent uh, against a man 100 yard range yeah absolutely but again it's not going to penetrate real far but it's going to put you out of the fight right so and that was that was the thing was get him out of the fight yep and so let's say 1860. How popular were these in World War or in the Civil War? Uh, not very. The the North had a couple of uh, regiments that bought their own, and uh, there you go. And uh, you know the generals at the time were firm believers in one shot only. They didn't want to overload their lowly uh, infantry with guns that could repeat. Uh, go figure. Well, they were still fighting under the picket rules. Yeah, and and Napoleonic type warfare. Yeah, yeah, line them up so everybody gets shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yes, brilliant. You know, you you watch that, you you see the reenactment, and it's like they really did that. Yeah, hard to believe. How, how, let's just say that you're a soldier, right? Okay, you stand up front there, right in the middle. <laughs> what? Yeah. How about no? <laughs> <laughs> you, how about sir? get off your horse and you After come to you, it. sir? Yeah, show me how it works. And they wonder why I wasn't in the military. <laughs> that just doesn't fly for me. So anyway, Oliver F. Winchester um, bought the patent for the volcano from Smith and Wesson guys. Mm-hmm. They went on to make pistols. Yeah, and again morphed into the rifle. That gun uh, with Benjamin Tyler Henry got turned into the 1860 Henry, which was a Winchester gun, but went under the name Henry. Which is also why we also hear so much about Henry rifles. Yeah, yeah. Now, did they split? No, no, he stayed with them. Uh, I don't, off the top of my head, remember what happened to him. I think he's dead by now. (laughs) (laughs) These these are the jokes, folks. Stay with us. Stay with us. Sorry. Anyway, that gun morphed into the 1866 Winchester, which was a vast improvement. So the Henry rifles that we see today Mm -hmm. were designed by Henry while he worked for Winchester. Yeah. 
Okay. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firingland Radio Show. We're going to be right back here with Jeff Tavener, the proprietor of Gunslinger Auctions and Gunslinger's Gun Store in Glendora. We'll be right back after this. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. The shotgun facility at Prado Olympic Shooting Park is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments. It's a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Have questions? Their professional staff will answer and take care of any you might have. If you're a business owner looking for new ways to entertain employees or clients, build corporate camaraderie or team spirit, Prado Olympic Shooting Park works wonders. Trade shows, company barbecues, birthday and bachelor parties, they've done it at Prado. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. For more info, call 909-597-4518 or log on to shootprado.com. That's shootprado.com. Be sure to mention the Firing Line Radio Show on AM 590. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey folks, it's Mulan Lave Saturday, and you know, if you're at the air show in March Air Force Base this weekend... Take a look around. You've got the best military, the best pilots, um, just something to enjoy and to celebrate out there. The Thunderbirds are flying this weekend. You can't really beat that. Um, you know, Mulan Labe, you've got to be proud with our military and what they do. So that's an awesome thing there. <clears throat> Folks, this, this show I have Jeff Tavener, proprietor of GunslingerAuctions.com, and he's got an awesome auction coming up May 1st at the Radis, the Park Inn by Radisson, <laughs> on Holt, by the 10 Freeway, uh, west of Pomona. Yeah. Okay. South of Glendora. Yeah. <laughs> just just, just down <laughs> Kellogg Hill. Yeah. It's the bottom of the hill where you're still hitting your brakes. You should be getting off the freeway. That's about right. <clears throat> so he has, a per- he has the ability now to do an auction for a personal collection for this gentleman who had over 804 firearms mm-hmm. and other memorabilia that this guy spent his lifetime collecting. Yeah, a giant but, amount of stuff. And as we all do, we leave it all behind, right? Yeah, I tell people all the time, you don't own that gun, you're just the latest proprietor. Yeah, you're the steward of it. And and that really does come into play is, is if you do have a collection, or even some, you should think about what you want to have done with them after you're gone mm-hmm. give them yeah. to me that's <laughs> <laughs> what me sell them for wasn't my yeah. first it wasn't oh, my first choice well, well. but you know if you're going to pass them on to the family there's certain mine. things you can do and can't do and you yeah. have to make sure that the next person can own them yeah that's very or, or true. wants to yeah because in california you never know from day to day yeah and the other thing is they may not want them so you might spend your time with with a collection that you've had and you've enjoyed and you leave it to uh, child a and they don't want them so they you know, dispose it happens of them all the time, or, or yeah. hand them out to their buddies. Yeah, and which so, is not legal in California. It's not, but it happens all the time. Yeah, so so you want to make sure that you have a plan for that. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, talk to Jeff. Okay. Uh, hey, how you doing? So anyway, so folks, <laughs> one of the collections we were just talking about Oliver F. Winchester because one of the largest, one of the most unique, I should say, portions of this particular uh, collection was the early Winchesters and mm-hmm. Henrys and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so we started with the uh, 1858 Volcanic. Yeah. Volcanic. Which was actually made by Smith & Wesson. Yep. Oliver F. Winchester bought that patent. Mm-hmm. 
They morphed that with Henry into the 1860 rifle. Correct. Which is also what a yellow boy looks like. Similar. Similar. Mm-hmm. And and then in 1866... They came out with a whole new gun. The 1866 Winchester, also known as the yellow boy. It's got several other nicknames, but a fantastic firearm. Why is it called yellow boy? Well, because it's also got a brass frame. And when they originally came out, it was bright yellow. Hence the yellow boy. Now, these are all octagon barrels. Why were they octagon and not round? Well, because back then they didn't have lathes like they do now. So octagon would have been the way they'd been produced. And it would have, they, you can get round barrels, but back then octagon was the common. It's much easier to manufacture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they look cooler. I thought that's why they did it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was it. It's yeah. all style points. You know my wife, Morgan Fairchild. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, we had a Caddyshack moment there. So take a look at um, take a look at the barrel. The weight on the barrel is immense. Yeah, this dude, this dude's heavy. I'm holding an 1866 right now. Now, why is the barrel so much heavier than modern firearms? Well, again, you know the type of steel that they had back then compared to what they have now. Uh, it's just had how it had to be back then. You don't want things blowing up and turning into. You know, the Elmer Fudd blunderbuss thing. So what year was this made? This 1866? Uh, this one was made, I think, in 1874. I don't remember off, exactly off the top of my head, but this one is still in uh, Henry round, the the flat uh, rimfire. So it is an earlier one. So just because it was called the 1866 doesn't mm-hmm. mean it was made in 1866. No. It's the model. Yeah, they made the 1866 into the 1890s, I think. And, and the 1894 that you bought from Walmart? Yeah. was not made in 1894. <laughs> uh, not likely. Although they did start making them in 94. But they started. Yeah, right. they made them all the way up until about six years ago. Right, the 94 is simply the style yeah. member, yeah. style name. The most popular gun Winchester ever made. How many uh, How many of those firearms are there out there? The, the over 9 million. Over 9. Yeah, over 9 million were produced anyway. Yeah, there's an old saying in, in Winchester collectors uh, with a 94... It's like a boat, you know, two best days, day you bought it, day you sold it, yeah. So 1894, that's what we we most regular, that's the, the rifle we associate the most with cowboys. Unfortunately, but that's because of B-Western stuff. And it's what was available when they bought them. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the gun that really won the West, I hate to say it because we're talking about Winchesters, was really a single barrel shotgun. You could do everything with it. You had critters you, you need to eat. You got, you know, two-legged critters, whatever. That gun took care of everything. These guys were a little bit expensive for your average cowboy. So the 1866. Now, some of the modifications they did on this is they actually replaced the um, the front loading port. Correct. With the, the King's Patent loading uh, lever on the side. So when we think of a lever action and you look on the right-hand side of it, there's that funny-looking gate. Mm-hmm. And that's called the... King's patent loading gate. So when you push that down, you're able to slide a shell forward. Mm-hmm. And fill her up. And this dude will hold about 18 rounds. Right. So underneath the barrel, there's a tube on a lever action rifle. Mm-hmm. That's where your magazine is. It's a fixed tube. It's spring loaded, springs on the front end, pushing the bullets back towards the receiver. Correct. So as you push the bullet into the side gate and push it forward, you'll feel tension. Mm -hmm. And then the gate locks behind you Mm -hmm. and that bullet is ready to go. So when the lever is opened, that spring shoots it into the loading gate. Yep. As your lever is closed, it lifts it up and forces it into the chamber. You bet. So these bullets are all in a line. 
and there's spring tension on them. So one of the things that's important is when you're dealing with a center fire rifle cartridge, that means that there's a primer right in the center of the rear of the casing. Mm-hmm. And that's where the firing pin will hit to ignite it. So if there's a pointed bullet, like a, a modern spire point behind it, um, and you have those stacked up inside of that magazine, you could have some serious issues. Yeah. When the gun goes off, there's recoil involved, and it could cause one of the shells in the front to be pressed against one of the shells in the back, uh, detonating inside the magazine. I've seen it happen. So it is extremely important. When you're dealing with a lever-action rifle, you use ammunition designed for the lever-action yeah, rifle. Yeah, flat point. Or even rounded points they have some, sometimes, but flat points are the safest. Yeah. So you want to make sure that, and, and one of the issues then, if you're dealing with a flat or a rounded point projectile, is it's got such a terrible gas mileage in the air, if you will, with, <laughs> the, with the air drag, that it's a very short-range weapon. Yeah, yeah, 100 yards is really about it for this guy. But you have a lot of firepower for 100 yards. Yeah. Eight, 18 shots, 100 yards is all it's going to accurately deliver. And if you know how to shoot it quickly, I can get 10 rounds out of mine in just about three seconds. What? <laughs> I, I want to see that. It's on YouTube. <laughs> I, I'm not even fast. You, you should see the fast guys. You got you got the short throw on there? Uh, on mine, I do. Yeah, sure. he's cheating. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's got a semi-automatic. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You have a disc, discombobulator that uh, works mm-hmm. on that one. So anyway, so the, It's the, a Chingaderas, actually. How many of the 66s were made? Uh, the 66s were made into the 1890s, and I don't know an exact count. I want to say maybe 100,000. So it's a pretty rare gun. Yeah, they're, they're a nice gun. Hard to get. Very collectible. Uh, this one here is an exceptional firearm. It's absolutely gorgeous. This is one of the nicest ones I've ever seen. Uh, most of the blue is still there. It's you know it's turned to patina, so it's turning brown. The brown, yeah. Um, but the the brass has got the correct. Was it brown or was it blue originally? <sighs> Looks like it was brown actually. I don't think no. Usually they the reason they called it blue back then was they you know they would do them in blue. It's just all you know oxidation you know because all bluing is is rust. It's an advanced form of rust, and they just tend to turn to the brown color. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, I love it when they, they have that, that look to them. Yeah, yeah. And the, the patina on the brass is absolutely gorgeous. You know, this you is an ever, unmolested firearm. Yeah, and what he means by that is if you're ever given a, a firearm that's a collectible piece, just like a collectible coin, the last thing you do is get some brasso to mm, clean it up to see yeah, what it looks like. It absolutely kills value. So you may have a nice clean gun, but you just took it from its true value to half. Yeah, or worse. Or worse. Or worse. So actually, if you have any of those clean ones laying around, guys, I'll give you about 100 bucks for them. Yeah, uh, I'll give you a 101. Hey, you're off the show. <laughs> so lever, lever action, um, why did they do the buttstocks this way? Well, you got to remember, cowboys wore clothes i mean back then cowboys wore clothes i should remember that why do i have that i guess the village people keep running through my head but most cowboys actually did wear clothes just, just that alone scares me <laughs> is there a back door to this joint <laughs> oh that was that was crazy anyway but you had a 44 caliber you know the cowboys were constantly in uh weather and so they would have large jackets, large, you know, I mean, they, they wore wool for crying out loud. So that's why you'd have the crescent butt because it needed to get over that clothes. The other part is because it's a forty-four caliber and an eight pound gun, there's no recoil using that steel butt. Very true. If you're using a thirty thirty or a forty-five seventy, this that would be a bummer. Yeah, that would hurt. You will cry. Mm. 
Folks, it's Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show, here with Jeff Tavener as the entertaining Jeff Tavener. <laughs> Gunslingerauctions.com. We'll be right back after this. Are you social on Facebook? Love doing selfies and tagging yourself in all kinds of places? Well, your selfie could win you great prizes at the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. Just come in and shoot at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, take your picture holding the target with the date you came in marked clearly in the picture, post the picture on your Facebook, then tag Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, and you'll be entered in monthly drawings for great prizes like range memberships, ammo, targets, and much more. Every time you come in and shoot and post a selfie on Facebook and tag Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, you'll get an additional chance to win. The more you shoot and post, the more chances you have to win. Whether you're an expert marksman or you've never shot a gun but want to learn, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the place for you. For more info, call the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, 951-353-0001. That's 951-353-0001. 951-353-0001. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check out our Facebook page, Firing Line Radio Show. Happens to be on Facebook. Or our website, FiringLineRadio.com. And if you're not entertained, or if you want more of this entertainment, go see Jeff Tavener. He's live five days a week at 1750 Grand Avenue, or something like that. What's that? Yeah, 1750 South Grand. 1750 South Grand in Glendora. He plays there all week. Try the veal. (laughs) Don't forget to tip a waiter, you know? He's dinner and a show. (laughs) Yeah. If you ever catch me there, I'm always out, you know, looking at these giant collections of stuff. Well, you know, Jeff, you've got a lot of information on uh, on Winchester. We just went through kind of the revelation of how Oliver F. Winchester, who was a haberdasher. The haberdasher. The haberdasher became a gun patent owner. Mm-hmm. He hired a great guy named uh, Henry, who did some fantastic designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he work with Browning at all, too? Uh, Browning came along and actually worked for him for quite a bit. Uh, the let's see the 86 the didn't he do the 94 was that henry uh no 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 henry long gone by then i'm pretty i don't know if he did the 94 off the top of my head you know you get nervous on the radio i know all this stuff at my shop i don't remember it here um let's see you want to call a friend i don't have have three lifelines left i don't have any friends so i gotta call ghostbusters you know the uh the low wall high wall the single shot the Mm -hmm. 1885s that's a, a Browning gun. The 1887 Winchester, the lever action uh, shotgun, you know. Mm-hmm. The one Arnold made famous. Yeah, the one he chopped up and yeah. brought on a motorcycle with. Yeah, and to me, yeah, well, that was aluminum, but anyway. Uh, it really was. It, one he did all that stuff with. Anyway, uh, that was a Browning patent. Um, Browning actually made a 73 full auto. It was in his workshop when he passed away. Wow. Yeah, lever action full auto. Kind of like the new kids that are shooting sass. <laughs> Well, that's that's quite something. Anyway, um, yeah, Browning's a whole other story. But Oliver F. Winchester uh, grew the company, became multimillionaire, gazillionaire, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Winchester even did a commemorative to him. What in the eighties? No, oh, that was more like the sixties. No, oh. they did a, a lever action rifle. Oliver yeah. F. Winchester. Yeah, that was back in the late sixties. They were making commemoratives to anything that walked doctor. They did. They did. Yeah. Colorado Centennial, California Centennial, yeah. Canadian Centennial. Because you know Cause that's important. They're so gun friendly. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Canadians. I don't have any friends there either. So take off. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so let's talk now about the gun that won the West. 
Yeah, the 18 this is this is the highlight of the auction. This is a Winchester 1873 serial number 6. It's the lowest one known to exist. Uh the gun is in fine condition. It's still in, you know, original 4440 cal or 44WCF. This gun is fairly well documented. It left the Winchester factory in uh, December of 1873. It was sent to uh Pennsylvania to an SW Hutton S.W. Hutton sent back a letter to Winchester stating that he was a well-renowned rifle shooter and that this gun was the finest rifle he'd ever shot. Winchester used his letter in their uh, advertising for the 73 for 20-some-odd years. We've got a photocopy of the letter on my catalog, and so you can read everything that he had to say, along with his targets at 100 and I think 150 yards. It's an absolutely fascinating story. And this is it. I mean, it's the Winchester, the Jimmy Stewart, you know, gun that won the West, Winchester 73, uh, everything you can imagine in a, in a firearm. This is it. Now, again, we're, uh, they have to play along at home so they can't see this. So explain this gun to them. Well, it's, it's a lever gun. It's, uh, you know, of the ones that we've discussed today, this is by far the best. It's an iron frame. Uh, this one's got all the correct parts. It's got a single set trigger, which means you've got a little screw that you can set and then you push the trigger forward and that can turn it into a literal two ounce trigger if you want it. Uh, it's got, which might be why he thought it was the finest rifle he'd ever fired. Very possible. Uh, it's still got traces of the original silver on the uh, lever. Uh, the wood has a great finish and fit to it. Uh, it's got a lot of blue remaining. The fit. Sometimes if somebody has a gun that's not stored correctly, the wood sends a yeah, shrink. Yeah, the wood will shrink around the metal, and it looks like it's been sanded, even though it may not have been. It, it, this gun, the it's just flush it's just fantastic this gun has been well taken care of and i couldn't be prouder to be able to sell it and that's the 1873 yep 1873 first model uh number six serial number six uh it's got a difference if you notice the rear sight they actually cut the first dozen or so incorrectly so they put a, a buckhorn style sight on it but it's backwards yeah. And they did that because, see, where they put the dovetail, <laughs> it wouldn't work. So they put it to go the other way. Uh, and that is actually factory correct. Uh, it's got a different kind of dust cover. It's got the uh, raised fingerprint uh, dust cover. It's got the standard uh, kit. <laughs> yeah, for I was going to say hole in the butt, but that didn't sound good. <laughs> so I'll say it anyway. Uh, it, it just flabbergasts me that I've got this gun. It's, it's really neat. And that's the 1873. And the caliber on that one is the? Uh, 44 Winchester Centerfire 4440. 4440, mm-hmm. which is still in production today. Yeah, you can uh, still I, find it. I actually brought a box with me. We're going to go out in the back here and <laughs> test it. Shoot a couple cats. We put some cans up, so it's not a problem. It's San Bernardino. We're okay. <laughs> Nobody will notice. Yeah. yeah. So if, they, if, the, if the police show up, they'll just want to shoot it, too. Uh, yeah. No, they'll want to confiscate it, and then we'll. <laughs> no, no, no. These are good guys out here. Anyway, so the 1873, number six. Number six. Now, how long is that barrel? Uh, 24 inch. Which is the one thing. An 1894 lever action, we've all had them, we've all shot them. It's got a certain feel to it. You bet. But this model, the 73 and the 76, which I'm a big fan of, has more of a pistol grip style. Um, I like it. Yeah. So these have a whole different balance with that very long octagon barrel. Mm-hmm. They balance fantastically. 
considering the 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 length and weight of an octagon barrel. So your your the barrel is out there. It's not you know if you have to shoot a moving target, it's moving with you. It's swaying. But the size of the cartridge versus the weight of the gun, again, it's no recoil. No, almost none. It's it's around that would have gone out of a pistol. Colt made uh, most of their guns in forty four forty at the time also. So you could have, well, they do that today in, in SAS, is mm-hmm. you want to have 45 long Colt, 45 pistol. Yeah, in your rifle. And, and you don't have to, but you can. Uh, it, it's just easier on you. That way you don't mix things up. Sure. Yeah. Now, uh, this is off the topic a little bit, but just because I had a question on SAS, can they shoot 38, 357? Yeah. Yeah. You can shoot 32 and up, 32 cal and up. Even though the 38 wasn't around then? No. Uh, you got to remember, it is a fantasy game. So there are a few I, things that I are. I thought it was real. <laughs> fantasy style game. Oh. So there, there are, they take liberties with a few things, you know, like shooting an 1897 Winchester pump is completely legal in the game, whereas very few people in the Old West would Actually have had, had that. Yeah, but, you know, the, the, the governing body of SAS is called the Wild Bunch, and if you remember the movie, they had 1897s all over the place in that movie, so that's kind of where it morphed from. Because, you, you know, you think old cowboy, you think coach gun, you know, double barrel. Exposed hammers. Y- yeah. yeah, or not, you know, the... Probably one of the most popular guns at this time in the game is a non-exposed hammer uh, coach gun. Oh, it's funny because I, I thought they had to have exposed hammers. I didn't realize they'd switch nope. the rules. Oh, cool. Anyway, so off of SAS, let me talk about this auction here. Okay. You have this firearm sitting here in my studio. is probably worth at least $100,000. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to sell it to me for 500 bucks right here, cash, on the barrel. Um, no. <laughs> Six fifty, or forget about it. <laughs> Six fifty-two. I have seven, 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 fifty-seven. 57. Anyway, he is an auctioneer, folks. But it's an unbelievable weapon. This thing's worth a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, or or more. Yeah, it's worth a lot more than I am. Yeah. So anyway, so this auction that you're having, yes, there are eighteen fifty-eight lever action pistols. Not everybody needs that or wants that Mm-mm. or can afford that. True. Um, there are, you know, eighteen sixty, sixty-six. There's a whole ton of Marlins. But in addition to that, this is probably going to be the biggest auction you've ever done. I believe so. Number wise. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, you've got Glocks and you've got oh Kimbers and and uh, Ed Brown Customs Smith and Wessons. Yes, yeah, you have some. You're not going to mention that other one. That's mine. Oh, okay. So just leave that to be off the top. <laughs> okay. So you you have a whole bunch of other stuff. So if you've never bought a firearm before, you know, take a look at what's in the catalog. You know what you're looking at. Um, if Which you want, you can see at gunslingerauctions.com. Right. And you download the catalog and go through it. Mm-hmm. First thing you should do when you get there, click on 100 images per page, or it will take you forever. That's the first thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you'll be able to see it, get a description of it. If you want to find out what they're typically going for, you can look that up online. But these things will be at auction. You have a list of what you're interested in. You know, you like this gun, you like that gun. You're willing to pay so much for this one. And then just pay attention because the auction moves fast. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff. We don't mess around. If if it doesn't look like anybody's bidding, we don't beat it to death. You know, we sell it and move on. So. Yeah. And, and and you can get a great deal sometimes. Somebody's sleeping, and uh, you walk away with an ops awesome deal. Uh, I've actually done that a few times. So I, you never know at an auction. You never know. Anyway, I want to thank my special guest here, the proprietor of Gunslinger Auctions, Gunslinger Gun Store in Glendora, Jeff Tavener. Jeff, thanks for coming all the way out here. You bet. Thanks for having me. Thank you for leaving these parting gifts for me. I, <laughs> I'm very excited about that. Help! My, my kids' tuitions finally. <laughs> They're paid tying off. me up. <laughs> 
Folks, Firing Line Radio Show. Enjoy the air show this weekend. We'll see you May 1st at the Gunslinger Auctions at the Park Inn by Radisson in Covina. You bet. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. The Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. CCW Safe. Mop and Financial Advice Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.